Welcome to once again the um, the Friday edition of the uh, Merrick program here, Friday, March the 1st. Thanks so much for joining me today. I uh, hope March is a healthy one for all of you. Hope there's a lot of good hockey on the horizon. There's a really, really interesting game tonight going on around the NHL. I know it's only a three-game universe tonight, but there is one that has some very significant trade deadline implications. Going to get to that in a couple of seconds. So here's the program today. Before I get rolling, here's who you're going to hear from. Elliot Friedman kicks it off, as always. Uh, plenty of grist for the mill there with Fridge on today's program. Eric Engels will talk to us about Nick Suzuki and the Montreal Canadiens. A really good piece at sportsnet.ca. Kind of use that as your primer uh, before we get to Engels here at the bottom of the hour. It's available now. It's a really good piece on, uh, on Nick Suzuki and his position with the Montreal Canadiens right now. Spoiler, he's having a really good year quietly, and not a lot of people are talking about him, but he's taking another step. Uh, Devin Dubnik stops by um, from the NHL Network, former NHL netminder, and true or false, uh, Chris Tanev scored his first career NHL goal against Devin Dubnik. That's true. Uh, we'll do a little tour around the NHL and uh, his thoughts on trade deadline coming up in hour two. And Gord Stalick, um, uh will talk to us about the Toronto Maple Leafs and specifically the trade for Ilya Labushkin and what could Brad Living have up his sleeve next. In the meantime, a couple of things before we get to Elliot about last night. That, uh, if you missed it, you should probably know. So the Vancouver Canucks lose, comma, again, this time to the Los Angeles Kings. Yes, that Quinton Byfield pass to Brant Clark was... Magnificence. So 5 1 is the final score. Doughty and Fiala both with three points. And I think that's probably the only story going around Vancouver right now. Pause, let the gravity settle, and move on. Yes, we'll talk about Elias Patterson coming up with Elliot in a couple of moments. But don't look now. Vancouver's lost six of their last seven games. Don't. Toronto over Arizona by a score of 4 2. Uh, 14th straight loss for the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, Oh boy, there. Like, I was one of those people, maybe you were one of them as well, that looked at the roster at the beginning of the season and said, you know what? I don't think Arizona's going to be as bad as a lot of people are making them out to be. I think, you know what? They might be decent and, and they might be a low key candidate to sneak into the playoffs. Well, shame on me, and maybe shame on you for thinking that. They're having a tough go right now. Uh, that's not exactly a surprise. On the Maple Leafs' end of things, they lose Mark Giordano, and you, 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 you hope that you hope the damage isn't too bad, but watching him go into the boards last night the way that he did, and afterwards we find out that it's a head injury, uh, you hope that the prognosis is okay, and you hope the recovery is fine for Mark Giordano in just his second game back after losing his father. He's had a tough go, to say the least. Uh, you hope that he's certainly okay. And that moved things along for the Toronto Maple Leafs to pick up Ilya Labushkin from the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, we'll get into that again with Elliot coming up here in a couple of moments. That Matthew Nye's goal, by the way, with that pass from Marner, where he does that sort of cut across and slides it between his legs. Anyone who, uh, who watched Marner play with the London Knights on a line with Matthew Kachuk and Christian Dvorak has seen that move about a million times out of Marner. If you're from London and you're watching that game last night, you're like, oh yeah, I remember that one. Marner did that for a couple of years here in London. Uh, the Dallas Stars beat the Winnipeg Jets by a final score of 4-1 to one, and front and center on this one, the smallest guy in the rank, and that's Logan Stankoven, who now has three goals in four assists. That line with Wyatt Johnson and Jamie Benn have been excellent. Gabe Velarde injured in that one, upper body in the third period. 
Not sure about Winnipeg's next game against the Carolina Hurricanes. And by the way, Jake Ottinger was excellent. And speaking of excellence, the Nashville Predators uh, dusted the Minnesota Wild 6-1 to last night. That means the Preds have now won seven in a row. And you want to talk about peaking at the right time. They're doing it heading into deadline and complicating things. Or maybe you can make the argument making things easier for their general manager, Barry Trotz. Elliot Friedman is aboard from Hockey Night in Canada and 32 Thoughts, both the blog and the podcast. Hello, Fridge. Guess who I am? Uh, you're at the gym. No, I'm not. Uh, I'm not at the gym. Um, uh, I'm at uh, the Toronto Catholic League, a B division. Oh yeah. Between you said you were going. Connor, which is Tim McCallum's yes. alma mater. Yes. So, yep. Uh, but they told me they don't post his pictures on the walls. And, uh, they don't brag. And, yeah, and uh, Community Hebrew. And I'm still trying to figure out why, for 50 years, I've been trying to figure out why Community Hebrew is in the Catholic League. But I don't know if I'm <laughs> ever going to find my answer. Don't worry about the answer. Just enjoy the hockey. You talked you were going to this uh, a couple of weeks ago and last week as well. So uh, enjoy the puck, Elliot. Enjoy zero, the puck. Zero, um, Good game. Okay, so are we going to get the play-by-play as as, as goals no. and uh, as goals go on here over the next thirty minutes or so? I, I would like no. it if you did it. <laughs> I have all, do you know? Do you know? Do you? Senator O'Connor. Crowd going crazy. Crowd's yeah. loving it on a Friday afternoon in Toronto. Okay, let me know if this audio is bad and I have to move. I think this music only comes uh, on no. when there's a gold play. That's fine. It's ambient sound. Let's get to uh, a couple of news items of the day. And like, this is a story that's going to, you know, bleed into the weekend and is going to dominate headlines. And I want to start it off by not necessarily talking about what we what we talked about yesterday and on the podcast as well, but the fact that after the game last night, you know, Elias Patterson didn't take the the trap door exit, didn't take the uh, the back door, didn't sneak out and stay away from reporters. Not that he was talking about the contract. He came out and said, "Look, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna deal with that. I'll talk about the game." Uh, yeah, just have a, a quick thought on the fact that Elias Patterson didn't run and hide yesterday after that loss. Well, I, I think that's very important. I, I've always believed that. It, I, I I don't think I'm the only one. I think there's a lot of people who see it the way I do that. You know, it's very easy to be a, a good guy or a good talker when you're winning and things are going well. It's a lot harder to be a good guy or a good talker when uh, things are going very poorly. And for the first time all year, the Canucks are having the, this bad stretch, and Pedersen is in the middle of the maelstrom. And I think it would have been very easy last night for him to not show up. Uh, I know in these situations that media relations people are in completely winless scenarios. You want the player to come out, but yeah. if the player's not going to say no, what are you going to do? And, you know, he said, he qualified. He said, look, I'm not talking about anything else, but I'm talking about the games. And he showed up. And one thing I've learned over the years, Jeff, is that that matters to teammates. Yeah. They don't like it when you're a front runner. They, if, if they have to answer questions after a bad game, they think everybody should. And I, I thought that was really important that Pedersen did that, even if he said, look, I'm not going to talk about the contract situation. Mm-hmm. 
Um, as you reported yesterday, um, there was a there were discussions between the Vancouver Canucks and the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, no idea what would have been going back the other way, but those discussions were had between the two teams. Uh, how serious was Vancouver about pulling the trigger on it if they didn't get a contract extension or a signature from Elias Pettersson? We don't know. But the one thing that I'm curious about here, because we dealt with this a lot from the Vancouver point of view um, on the podcast this morning, um, I'm curious what, if any effect, you think this may or may not, and maybe I'm just reaching for some that's not there, have on the Carolina Hurricanes. Any at all, Elliot? I, I mean, like, this time of year, it's, it's always crazy. Like, it, it, like it, it is. Um, like, it, like, Walt Roth, who does all the social media for Carolina, uh, he tweeted last night that he asked Don Waddell in Columbus just about – uh, the reports, and, and you can see Waddell was not pleased about it. She just said, look, no. I'm not going to talk about it. I think everybody understands at this time of year that these things happen, that there are lots of conversations. I mean, Jeff, how many untradeable players are there really in the NHL? Five, ten, twenty? So a lot yeah, of things get brought handful. up, and a lot, of, a lot of situations get discussed, and people realize it. I think the biggest challenge is you know, some people just shake it off and it doesn't bother them. And some people, it bothers. And we just don't want a situation where you know you've got someone on your team who might be bothered and they get affected by yeah. it. But look, Carolina didn't look too affected by it last night. They looked very good in winning that game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, le- legit candidate for the Stanley Cup, um, the Carolina Hurricanes. Do you have any concern about the Vancouver Canucks. I mean, you mentioned the speed wobble. They've now lost six of their last seven. Uh, You know, I was talking to someone this morning who was saying, like, you know, is it just me or does Thatcher Demko look a little tired? Does Quinn Hughes, who plays, you know, 25, 27 minutes a night, does he look, you know, tired through this stretch? You can understand it. These are, you know, end of February, beginning of March games. Um, Any concern? I think that happens. Like, I, I, like, I, I am really, I'm a really big believer, Jeff, that I'm not concerned. I'm not concerned. I think every team goes through this, and the Vancouver Canucks have not gone through anything like this all year, and they're finally going through it at probably the worst time right before the deadline. I think, as I said this morning, they need to get through the next week. And once they get through the next week and all the noise settles, then... I, I mm-hmm. think things are going to... I do think, look, I do think all of this stuff is taking its toll on them. I, I just don't know how it couldn't. And I think once you get through yeah. this situation and you can concentrate on hockey, I think they're going to be better off for it. I'll say this about Demko. Look, I think he's played, what, 11 or 13? Yeah, it's a lot. They, they, they do like to monitor it. They do... Like, like they, go to, they go to California... I would assume that Demko is going to see uh, a couple of the games on this trip, or sorry, and Smith's going to see a couple of games on the trip. I, I would say this: if I was the Canucks, I was worried about Demko, and does he break down? Or are you worried going to get hurt? Then don't play them. I, I, I don't think you really have any other choice. You have to look at big picture, and if you feel that Demko yeah. needs the rest, take the chance and give him the rest. It's better than the alternative. 
Okay, um, so to the trade last night, uh, Ilya Labushkin is now a member of the Toronto Maple Leafs, comma, again, the trade with the Anaheim Ducks yesterday, uh, a third-round draft pick um, goes Anaheim's way, a sixth-round draft pick goes to the Carolina Hurricanes who help retain and facilitate this deal. Um, there were other teams, I believe Dallas would have been one of them, uh, who were in pursuit of, of Ilya Labushkin. Um, not that... The Giordano injury began the conversation, but how much did it accelerate once Giordano got hurt? I, it was absolutely a factor. Like, like you said, it wasn't the decision, but it was a decision. They're simply running out of bodies, uh, Jeff. And, yeah. like, you know, especially with Simmons and, and Mono, like, you just never know how long someone is going to need to recover from that. So I do think that. Like, it's not a coincidence that it closed at that time, but it didn't start. Like, Jordana didn't go down, yeah. Brad Tudor didn't pick up the phone and call them. It, it closed down, though, because of it. Look, they know him. He played well with Riley. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they got him at a really good yep. price. I mean, he's below, below his salary. You're not going to get a, a better situation like that. And the other thing, too, is, Jeff, clearly they knew what the price was. Like they, for sure, they 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 they, they could close that deal pretty quickly because clearly they knew what Pat Beach was asking for. Ali, it's a little bit loud uh, where you are right now, and you're getting a little bit muffled. I don't know where else you can find in the arena. I'm, Maybe I'll the move. penalty box. Who knows? I'll if you, move. I'll move. If, you, I'll if you can move. find it, it's a. Just a, uh, just a different spot. We'll give Elliot a couple of seconds here to, f- to find himself a more quiet area. Maybe the quiet room, um, <laughs> if they have one for high school hockey. Um, uh, Toronto Maple Leafs over the Arizona Coyotes last night by a final score of 4-2. to two. That's a 14th straight loss for the Arizona Coyotes. We all know where this one is headed come trade deadline time. You know, are, are there some obvious, maybe not so obvious candidates, Elliot, for the Arizona Coyotes as you see it right now? By the way, I'm just moving over here, Jeff, so it should get a lot better. Um, I, I have wondered about Bugstad. That's a name that I have. I have yeah. Very, like, these players that it's hang on, I we'll guess. we'll pot we'll pot Elliot down and, and give him a call back because it's actually in a place where it's actually worse right now. I'm never gonna fault someone to go watch hockey, especially I'm never gonna fault anybody for going to watch kids hockey, specifically uh, high school hockey. But it uh, it does pose its challenges uh, when you're doing live radio. So we'll uh, we'll pot Elliot down and, and call him back and reconnect and hopefully get. Uh, to a quiet area here where um, where Fridge can join us again. Um, do want to pick up on the conversation about the Arizona Coyotes because the, that team is out. We all know that. We all know the decisions there. I do wonder about Nick Schmaltz as much as you know. Elliot's wondered about uh, about Bugstad. I think we all do. Um, Matt Dumba is on the expiring contract. He mentioned yesterday uh, that the Toronto Maple Leafs were one of the teams that uh, had an expression of interest towards him in the offseason. Obviously, he chose the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, does that get revisited? I know the goalie market seems you know, pretty cold right now. Saros isn't going anywhere. You know, There's no pressure for the Calgary Flames to move Markstrom either uh, at this point. I mean, maybe... Maybe the Boston Bruins with Linus Allmark are the only ones that uh, that have a goaltender that's available. But and I know he hasn't had the best of all pop, pop, possible seasons. But I do wonder about Karel Vimelka there. But nonetheless, we'll see. Sorry, Ellie, we we got you again. Finish your thought on on what you're or who you're curious about in Arizona. Well, first of all, apologies for that. I thought there wasn't a lot of music during the no, game early, but it got. Uh, 
think obviously got a little louder towards <laughs> the end. Um, you know, I, I, I think this, just about Arizona, the guy I wondered about is Bukestad. Um, and I was talking yeah. about this with some of the guys uh, yesterday. And, and that is that this is a guy who's really reinvented himself over the last little while. Um, you know, remember a few years ago when he was in Minnesota, he was a scratch for their playoffs. And yeah. uh, I thought he played really well last year in Edmonton. And I think he's played pretty well this year in Arizona. And, uh, but again, like, uh, but the price is higher for guys with term, right? So especially value mm. players with term. So he's kind of the guy I've wondered. You know, you were talking about Calgary there. Like, I, like I'm trying to figure out the Hannafin thing. First of all, I wonder if Calgary's going to try to add a D because they're a little short right now. Like someone who yep. at least has NHL experience, um, not obviously at a big price. Uh, I think they're, I think they're going to talk about it with their coaching staff, what they thought about their overall situation. So I think I, I'm curious about that. But like I'm trying to figure out the whole Hannafin situation because he's obviously uh, one of the biggest names left and the, and the number one D left. So I'm trying to figure out where that could be. I have wondered if Colorado is another team in that. We've talked about the two Florida teams. Uh, we've talked about, yeah. um, you know, uh, Toronto is, is, is a, as a team that had interest, but I, I just don't think he's going to sign there. So I don't think it's, it's reasonable to expect that's going to happen. Um, you know, we've talked about Boston and we've talked about New Jersey, but I'll tell you another team that I'm really starting to wonder about there a little bit I mentioned Washington. I've suspected they've at least kicked tires on it. But I have started to wonder a little bit about a team like Colorado. Um, like this, um, There's a couple of reasons I wonder about it. Number one, like they tried on Tanev, and even though he's not, like he's a right shot and Hannafin's a left shot, I do think Colorado looks at like the year that some of their guys are having, particularly McKinnon, it isn't to be wasted, and they're a very competitive organization. And the other thing, too, I wonder about there, Jeff, is, like, I'm watching all these videos getting posted of Landeskog, and, and like, yesterday, I think they tweeted <laughs> out him again. Like, maybe, yeah. maybe I'm just in my warp conspiracy mind, but I just wonder if they're trying to tell us something. And if he's going to try to play... You take your shot. Right. Um, that is an interesting one. I think a lot of us have assumed that Colorado would be swinging for, um, would be swinging for another forward. But I, I just wonder, you know, like listen, Colorado has some some high end defenders already. Uh, yeah. That's not a, that's not exactly a secret here. Uh, but if you're going to have a long playoff run, you know, where would that fit? Where would he fit? You know, the, the one team, and again, this all depends on, you know, where Ron Francis feels his team is at and how much pressure he feels to get into the playoffs here. I've, I've wondered, this is the first time I've ever mentioned it. I've wondered about Seattle for Noah, for Noah Hannafin. You know, that's, you know what, that's an interesting one. Um, it's a really interesting one. Uh, you know, the one thing about the, about the Kraken is, like, they don't have a lot, like, because they're an expansion franchise, they've only been around for a couple of years, 
they don't really have a ton of prospects. Like they've drafted some good ones and some talented ones, but they don't have yeah, a lot. No of one's them. up though. Yeah, and and that's one of the things that Ron Francis has been. Like he doesn't say a lot, but one thing he does talk about is that we have to build up our pipeline. Now that doesn't mean you're wrong, Jeff, but I wonder how much he mm-hmm. thinks he would have to deal. You know, I wonder if it would be a a defenseman with term to get them through this season what, and what are you trying to still tell into here? next season. What no, honestly, I'm just throwing here? darts at you this one. I'm just, I'm just doing. No, I don't. Not on Seattle. I don't. I swear. I'm just, I'm just spitballing on a Friday oh. afternoon here. Trust me. If I, if I, if I did, I, I would throw it out there. I, I just wonder if it could be a defenseman with term and one of those. I, I, I just think of like this four game homestand that Seattle just had. You know, I, I think internally they were looking at saying, okay, this is going to tell us which direction we're going to go, and they went three and one. And they look real good in the process here, so I I do wonder if uh, if at the end of all of this, at least there's a conversation with the Seattle Kraken. And again, like they look good last night against the Pittsburgh yep. Penguins. Philip Grubauer is looking good as well. Like, yep. and they're you know they're in that conversation for that final wild card spot. Now the problem is Nashville refuses to lose, and don't look now, and we'll dovetail this to the Kings. LA is winning games, Elliot, and they're expecting to get bodies back. Yeah, LA uh, is. Uh, they, they have four guys out right now. Uh, obviously, uh, the forwards that everybody's been focusing on. Um, you know, Arvidsson who came back and got hurt. Uh, Grunstrom's been out. Uh, Anderson has been out. A really good player for them. <laughs> and just all the injuries, they have four guys out, but they're expecting mm-hmm. all of them back. So um, it's not like they can go out and go crazy uh, at the deadline. They're expecting everybody to return over the next month or so. Um, I've, I've thought about the Kings maybe having a little bit more of an edge, um, but they, mm-hmm. you know, they look good last night. They took advantage of where Vancouver is. And, you know, one thing I, sh- I should mention, I didn't mention earlier about Patterson, but I should mention now is I do believe those efforts are continuing today to try to get them done. And, we'll, and you know, we'll see where we go here. But, you know, L.A. took advantage of yeah. a, a kind of tired, distracted Vancouver team last night. And, that's what you have to do. You're going to have those occasions during the year, and you have to take advantage of them. I'll tell you what, man. That byfield pass to Brant Clark last night, <laughs> Elliot. You want to talk about elite vision and playmaking? That was. We've already seen him with a goal of the year candidate. Now we've seen him with a pass of the year candidate. That was flat out gorgeous. Okay, you know, remember how a couple why, of days that, ago we. That's why you. That's why um, you always have to look at why you have to be patient. And, and that's why when I look at a guy like Trevor Zegers totally. from Anaheim, like, you have to make sure. Like, you never know. Like, when, like, some people don't figure it out. Some people figure it out right away. Some people need a couple of years. Yeah. And you always say it, better be sure. And Byfield is a perfect example of why you better be sure. Oh, he's looked so good. And you know what? Afterwards, uh, in, in the uh, in, in the dressing room, whenever the microphones are in front of his face, like he already sounds like he's a, a 10-year veteran. Um, a couple of days ago, you and I talked about the St. Louis Blues-Edmonton Oilers game, and we wondered if 
if St. Louis lost that game, whether that would, you know, tell Doug Armstrong everything he needs to know about that team. And at that point, you put out the for sale sign. Not everything must go, uh, but have a look inside our showroom and, and tell us what you're interested in. St. Louis picked up a point in that one. So it may have complicated things a little bit for St. Louis. But tonight, make no mistake about it. Are you with me on this one? If Washington loses to Philadelphia tonight, right now the gap is six, that that gives Brian McClellan all the information he needs to go to market with. Essentially what I'm asking is, are you with me? And tonight is the Washington Capitals season in 60 minutes. Flyers, Caps, six-point six gap. Uh, I, I hate making these bold pronouncements. I, look, I, I think this. I, I think that Washington – look, I, I think Washington sees the biggest picture. Where are they really? Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I think they recognize that, um, you know, they've got to make some changes. I, I think they're like a lot of teams in the NHL. They don't want to do a teardown. They want to see if they can kind of rebuild it on the fly. I think they're looking at some things out there. Um, you know, like I said, I, I think they've kind of kicked tires on uh, Hannafin a little bit. Uh, I like. I think they're looking at not only, but I think they're also checking the you know just what the market is on on some of their guys, not their kids. They don't. I think they're going to keep their kids, but like, what's the market on a Joel yeah. Edmondson? What's the market on a Nick Jensen? Who I think the Leafs kind of looked at a bit. I don't know that I think one game. First of all, Jeff, I also believe that if you're basing your organization on one game, you're not doing things the right way anyway. So I always think it's bigger than that. But, you know, one thing you have to remember is last year, Tyler Bertuzzi was off the market, and a week later he was traded to Boston. So crazy stuff like that happens yeah. at this time. Uh, it does. Uh, right now, as I mentioned, the gap is six. Uh, the Washington Capitals, 63 points. Now, Washington does have two games in hand against the Philadelphia Flyers. But if the Flyers win, the gap is eight. If the Capitals win, the gap is four. That's the only reason why I look at this this close to deadline, knowing how hard it is to make up ground and jump over the Islanders and the Devils and then try to catch Philadelphia, With the you know, given that you have a couple of games in hand as well. This close to deadline, like... As a manager, like you don't have the luxury of saying, you know what, we're doing okay. I'm going to let this go past trade deadline and see what happens when you have players on expiring contracts. And you mentioned a couple, and I still do wonder about Anthony Mantha um, as well. There's a couple of other Islanders players that I think we're curious about. Nick Dowd uh, comes to mind as well. That's the only reason why I sort of position this as... You know, I know it sounds weird to say this whole season comes down to this one game, but there always is that one final game that, you know, helps that manager make up their mind. Um, if the on the fence right now, sell- maybe this game tells them. I think them. it also allows you to sell it to your fan base too, right? Like, that's another thing. You know, like, don't forget, yeah. if you're eight points out, like, you're still in the race, people might still come to the game. Once you wave that white flag, yeah. then some people are going to say, you know what, there's no point in coming to the game. By the way, like the Capitals are really doing the bubble wrap thing with Nick Dowd. It's, you know, they're making sure that, oh, big time. that, yeah. that, that he's healthy. <laughs> and how about Tortorella? He's really grinding his veterans, Atkinson and uh, Couturier right now. Like, yeah. he's, he's playing for keeps. 
Well, the interesting thing about the Flyers, too, and again, like I probably should have mentioned this off the hop, like uh, you talk about a team that has its eyes on the biggest prize, too, as much as, you know, the gap may be eight after this, they may be down, you know, two significant defensemen in one week, and that is Sean Walker and Nick Sealer. And I think that a lot of teams, and Dallas comes to mind right away, you know, um, you know, a team that may have, you know, lost out on Ilya Labushkin because there were a few looking at him. You know, how quickly the attention then turns to players like Nick Sealer or Connor Murphy or the or these Joel Edmondson, these types of guys. Like the Flyers could be, you know, decimated themselves in seven days here. Well, Connor Murphy, the situation with him is he's injured, so it doesn't look like that one's gonna happen. I heard that name and I looked into it and you know, like mm-hmm. so that that's a that's a tough spot. But you're right about Sealer and Walker. Um, you know, I had a couple people tell me that um, one of the issues with uh, Walker is not so much the AAV as it is term. Um, you know, this is Walker's best chance to hit it big, and he's looking for the biggest deal he can get, which is perfectly reasonable. No one should have a problem with that. And I think, I, I, yeah. I think right now, term like like the term is as much a thing as anything else. Sealer too. I think you know his representatives are grinding for the biggest deal they can get. And right now, the Flyers yep. just aren't comfortable with where those both things both stand. The one thing I wonder about Walker, like Edmonton was, was big into Tanev. Um, you know, I, I think that, I do think that uh, Edmonton, though, like as part of any deal, like remember last year when they traded for Eckholm, they had to move Barry as part of it. And I think that's part of yes. this for Edmonton. Like I, I think Edmonton's willing to move their their first rounder but i think also part of that is you need to help us make this work cab wise and so i think that's part mm-hmm. of every deal and so i think philly would not only be looking at okay if with with a player like walker and edmonton would would does, do we like the trade but also do we like the player who would be coming back and i i think that's a factor in all these conversations you know, the last two trades that we've seen, uh, Tanev and Labushkin, all involve the third team because of yeah. retention. Now, this is the last season with a, a flat salary cap. It starts to jump up next summer and then will continue. Um, do we expect to see more of this, essentially? Like, it seems like this is very much the flavor of the month out of necessity um, yeah. uh, for, 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 for everyone involved. Do we expect, you know, this weekend and into next week, two team deals are now going to turn into three team deals more than we've ever seen before, knowing that this is the last year of the flat cap. Yeah, it, it sure looks that way. You know, the one thing I completely forgot was the rule that it has to be for a player, right? So you, you started to see, like, yeah. uh, was it Clay Brady who goes in the, in the New Jersey-Dallas deal to facilitate Tanev and the, yes. the player from the KHL who went from, uh, went from uh, Carolina to Toronto to facilitate the Labushkin deal. Um, it's it's I totally forgot about that rule, but yes, you'll see a lot of that. And there's still Nashville, and although they've already got two salary retention slots, so they're being careful. And there's still teams like Chicago and yeah. Anaheim that can do it too. All right, uh, big weekend. Are you? Um, I mean, I am curious. How, how when you when you tuck down for the night, how scared are you to fall asleep? knowing that, that that phone right beside your head could go off at any moment? I'm not scared to fall asleep. I'm scared of missing something. That's what uh, worries me uh, more. <laughs> I can fall asleep in just about any yeah. situation. Like, I, like it's, it's probably a miracle I, I don't fall asleep sometimes when I'm on the phone with you. I just don't like missing things. I don't like waking up to text. Like, like I'll tell yeah. you where, like where that happened once was um, 
uh, was, uh, I believe, I, I, if I want to remember correctly, I believe it was when Jason Robertson re-signed with Dallas. I went to bed uh, yeah. and I woke up in the morning and there was a text saying, uh, get on this. So I, I hate that, but, it, you know, I, you know, what's uh, an old, I think it's an old Robert Ludlum line, sleep is a weapon, so you may better make sure you use it. Yeah, I, I always think back of that St. Louis-Colorado deal. Chris Stewart, Kevin Shattenkirk, Eric Johnson, that one uh, that I think called it, that they, I think Colorado and St. Louis did at like two o'clock in the morning, which uh, which that that's the one where everybody woke up to uh, to, to to that news. Anyhow, uh, we move along. Okay, uh, get your rest. Talking it in Canada tomorrow. Uh, look for you on the television. Second intermission, first segment feature. Thanks for each. We'll talk soon. All right, buddy. Take care. Elliot Friedman from 32 Thoughts and Hockey Night in Canada.